0: Welcome to the four drink think tank join us as we embark on a journey of discovery from the depths of our minds to the farthest reaches of the cosmos all while balancing on the delicate tightrope between sobriety and inebriation we not, may not have actual credentials or any real expertise but armed with our wits our questionable knowledge and a healthy dose of liquid courage we'll tackle the big questions that keep us up at night so grab your favorite libation sit back and prepare to witness the magic that can happen when two semi-sober pseudo-scientists tackle the biggest questions of our time. Welcome to the Ford Drink Think Tank. Who are we? I'm your president of Oddball Observations, Kenny. And I'm your slurred strategy spat We're spad-
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> already slurred. Whoops. <laughs> Strategist, uh, Chad. Slurred? Alright, here we go. And I'm your Slurred Strategy Specialist, Chad. What do we got for a
0: topic this week, Chad?
1: This week we're talking about nothing. (laughs) And when I mean nothing, I mean absolutely nothing, which surprisingly there's a lot to talk about here. Today we're going to get into exactly what is nothing, or how you can define nothing, and we're talking about some types of nothing, and how you can use it in everyday life. Interesting.
0: Well, should we just dive into our first shot here?
1: Yeah, what are we drinking?
0: Our shot this week is Dubliner Honeycomb from Ireland. I tried to read up a little bit about Dubliner Honeycomb, because I've had it for years. It's a delicious shot. Highly recommend. Mm -hmm. So Dubliner Irish Whiskey was designed to capture the essence of Dublin culture. It's got some fancy labeling and aggressive bottle design. So it combines image of a grain and a well-made description of the product, brought together by the immortal words of James Joyce, who is an Irish novelist, and he said... When I die, Dublin will be written in my heart. Aww. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) So cheers to Dublin or Honeycomb, delicious stuff. And our sponsor this week, The Void. Are you tired of always being bogged down by the pressures of everyday life? Do you long for a moment of respite from the constant barrage of responsibilities and deadlines? Introducing The Void the perfect antidote to the hustle and bustle of modern living. The Void is a new and innovative product that lets you escape from the stressors of life by embracing nothingness. That's right, nothingness. With The Void, you can simply sit back, relax, and let your mind drift away into a world of pure emptiness. Don't worry, our lawyers tell us that The Void is perfectly safe for human consumption. (laughs) Why not give The Void a try today? And as a thank you to our listeners, use code space 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 to save nothing at checkout warning excessive use of the void and related products may result in your personal existence slowly evaporating from three-dimensional reality (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good sponsor i should try this product i've never heard of them until today before they become a sponsor i mean
1: yeah i used to (laughs) (laughs) yeah i actually uh used the void and a couple other products here last week and uh you know what? If you use it five times in one week, you won't even remember
0: Tuesday. <laughs> you won't even exist Tuesday. That sounds like a good way to delete yourself. Yeah, they don't recommend you use it more than 25 times per week. That's an excessive. Excessive consumption of the void will result in nothing. How fitting. The existence of nothing.
1: Anyways, uh, on to our first topic today. So, we're talking about nothing today. and We figured we'd start with the most something of the nothings, or the explicit types of nothing. So these are the types of nothing that we know the most about because they are by definition, well, things we've defined them. So I think the best place to start with this is in everyone's favorite subject math with everyone's favorite bank account number zero. So yeah, what is
0: zero? Do you know what zero is? Uh, it's less than one. That is correct. Less than 0.00001. Even more correct. But it's more than negative. Exactly. That's the key That's point. That's where it here. gets tricky. It is get tricky. So, fun fact about zero,
1: zero wasn't invented until about the era of 3 BC in Mesopotamia, uh, shortly thereafter by the Mayans a couple years later, or at least that's our first written record of zero. And it's kind of weird to think about, like, zero is not that hard to conceptualize for most
0: people, it's, you have zero amount of something, you have nothing of it. If Tommy's got five apples and gives you two apples, how many zero apples, wait.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You can see where it gets a little tricky if you just try to think of it abstract like that right off the bat. But we did invent it, um, and I think if I remember right, it was for commerce and business. $0? Zero dollars? Zero dollars, right? Or you owe zero debt. That'd be free 99. Exactly. So yeah, and as you noted earlier, it's the crossover point between positive and negative mu- numbers, which interestingly, the negative numbers didn't come till later. Uh, it's also the crossover point if you want to go to imaginary numbers, which is a whole other topic and a whole other episode. Yeah, but yeah, so you've got zero. That's kind of the basic one in math. Then you've got things that are called empty or null sets, which are kind of a fun way to just say, uh, you know, if you've got an apple, orange, and a banana, and you want to arrange them into different combinations of two or one, right? You have two banana, uh, one banana and an orange, or an apple and an orange, or just a banana, or an apple, or whatever. How do you say that you have nothing? It's kind of like just saying you've got zero of a thing. So that's a fun one, Uh, but you can go further too, right? So like, what are we doing right now? We're in three-dimensional space, three. You have two-dimensional space, which is a piece of paper. Uh, One-dimensional space is if you draw a line, and then you get to a zero-dimensional space. But here's the crazy thing. That's still a thing. That's not nothing. That's just a point. So we've got a type of nothing here that actually is... That's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. It's still a something. So, I mean, maybe is there a minus one-dimensional
0: space? I don't know.
1: Maybe that's nothing interesting to think about.
0: I could see us having a negative space in the future. Well, and one day, perhaps one day, perhaps
1: fun fact, there are fractional dimensional spaces, so you can get to like a 1.75 dimensional space, which is pretty crazy to walk around in been there, but in a more like practical sense, other things where we have some, some nothings, you know, computers, actually, this is very common thing. You have stuff like void pointers or void types which are just a way to say, like, this thing doesn't have a type or we don't know where this is pointing to, but it's, it's there like a computer function. Practical example of this would be what we call the null character, right? So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you've got a, b, c, d, e, f, g, right? All those characters. You've got the, the period, the exclamation point, a bracket, stuff like that. You can throw in emojis in there if you start adding lots of things. But you need something to say that we have nothing. There is no character
0: here. And that's the null character. It's nothing. Non-existent character. The non-existent character. But it exists as nothing.
1: Yeah, it's mostly used to say that you're done with your string of text. So then we get up to some less concrete things where we get to empty space, right?
0: You ever been to empty space? I mean, I've been into an empty room, maybe an empty field have you been into an empty interstellar space i haven't been into an empty void of space no
1: no right according to physics at least our current models of physics empty space isn't even empty you know there's the classic like oh there's still some dust out there yeah but like what if it was truly
0: empty well there'd still be something in the the space there'd be these what about like uh isn't there like a clean room where they have to go through Mm. very um i don't know like aggressive cleaning methods and like manufacture these clean rooms they call them yeah
1: that's a good half step
0: back to the computer's topic so close to nothing
1: when you make computer chips you need to have these clean rooms where you get all the dust out so you don't get a piece of dust on your chip because that will destroy like half the chip so yeah that's that's an example of nothing no dirt but to jump back to the space thing it's kind of interesting to think about uh in the physics world they, they like to talk about this thing called vacuum energy which is uh if you took it absolutely nothing or absolutely empty piece of space and you looked at it there's a ton of energy there actually we just don't know how to get out i think the estimation i had heard is that if you had a cup of coffee the empty quote-unquote space in that coffee has enough energy to boil the entire world's oceans over and over again Uh, and maybe someday we'll be able to access that energy So yeah, that's a fun one. There's some physics models out there that talk about self-generating space, right? So if you want to try to think about space that has truly nothing in it, that is not even real space, you can't do anything in there. Um, Some models suggest that space generates itself to fill nothing, which is sort of a hard thing to think about. But if you imagine there's an edge of a universe somewhere and it's expanding, maybe that's what's going on there. Yeah. And then finally, to kind of wrap this one up here. Sure. We got the deep and very philosophical concept of existence, right? How do you get something from nothing? Which is also Mm. known as that prime mover paradox, right? Do you invoke a deity? Do you invoke the supernatural? How do you get from nothing to something?
0: Yeah, we could talk about that for half hour, I'm sure. And then we'd go crazy. (laughs) But I'm getting kind of thirsty here. I am as well. I've been talking too much. (laughs) Yeah. I think we need another shot here. Cheers. She is. So that brings us into our next topic. How about nothing in everyday life? So, is the absence of something and therefore nothing can only be defined in reference to something else? That I just read that, and that's I don't even understand what I just said.
1: I mean, I think it's
0: best exemplified by a donut, right? You have a donut, and you have a donut hole. Sure. Yeah. I mean, without the hole in the middle, that's not a traditional donut anymore. Right,
1: but without the donut around the hole,
0: the hole can't be there. Plus, I really like buying a bag of donut holes every now and then. Those are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how does that work? So, Or how about, uh, you know, you're driving through the parking lot and uh, you're looking for an empty parking space, a space with nothing in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Your parking space is, is the space where your vehicle is supposed to go, but it's like there's no vehicle there. There's right. nothing there. Right, you look forward to that nothing there. What else you got? I think everyone's least favorite one would be the empty beverage, the empty beer. God, I hate that. Right? There's nothing in there. But, I mean, to take that to the next step here, uh, we get to the
0: classic, is the glass half full or half empty? I would like to think the glass is half full, because there will be more. That's what we always hope. But what about the empty part? But, I mean, the glass can always be refilled. That's
1: true, but it can only be
0: refilled if it's empty. (laughs) True. I, you think need that, I think half full is a more optimistic way of looking at it because yeah if you're yeah. looking at half empty you're almost focusing on the emptiness or the nothingness Ooh, no
1: i mean i think it's just a, a clear example of we need that emptiness to some degree to be
0: able to be fulfilled that's or literally filled that's deep we need nothing to have something we should take an intermediate shot at this point <laughs> we can't have something without nothing
1: which is kind of the point here That's the, to your original statement Like what does it mean yeah. to, to have nothing You have to have the absence of something That that nothing doesn't exist Unless it's tied to a something
0: that does Yeah uh, Have you heard about uh, nihilism? I'm sure it, Maybe you have Maybe you haven't But nihilism is kind of the idea Where um, like, Where like nothing in life Has any special meaning Or human value Could be baseless uh, What are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah I mean it's it's trendy. It's kind of a all-the-rage, uh, uh, in-vogue philosophy to be ascribed to these days. If, if you've ever wa- watched the show Rick and Morty, the show, like the underlying theme is nihilism, just based on how people die senselessly
0: and the fact that there's a million Ricks. And I've never thought about that show that way before.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've ever watched a lot of those episodes and then felt bad about your own existence, that's why you're getting injected
0: with nihilism. Like a Mr. Meeseeks is almost just a direct example of nihilism then
1: right and the costco misics actually have the personality of a nihilist (laughs) (laughs) yeah right that's deep (laughs) (laughs) so a more exact example of this or a definition of this would just be the idea that you're rejecting kind of fundamental aspects of human existence right there's no objective truth or knowledge or morality or values or meaning or anything like that sure which i mean i think personally that that kind of That kind of still references actual meaning, right? So you have to have the concept of meaning and morality and knowledge in order for you to say like, well, none of it matters, right? True. A little bit of a self-defeating principle. It's like focusing on the glass being half empty. Right. Yeah. Very similar. Nihilists
0: are glass half empty people in all things. So uh, (laughs) um, briefly before the podcast, you mentioned to me the Dunning-Kruger effect. What? I don't think I have ever heard of this. Oh, okay. So you may not have heard of this, but you know these people
1: in real life. Okay. Um, So the Dunning-Kruger effect is an observed effect where it seems like people who don't know very much about a topic have some of the most strongly held opinions
0: and think they are correct about it. Absolutely. I've met these people. And then...
1: The effect holds that the more you start to learn about something, the more you start to realize that you don't know much about it, and then you rate your own knowledge as less until you get to a point where you studied it for 20 years, and then you start to say, yes, I am an actually, actually an expert. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's why Facebook is full of armchair experts <laughs> on whatever is trendy, whether it's <laughs> COVID or a war in Ukraine or, you know.
0: That's the Dunning-Kruger effect.
1: In a nutshell, it's Facebook.
0: Yeah. It's uh. your aunt's uh, political beliefs on Facebook. Have you ever thought about, does water have a taste? Can water taste like nothing? Can you smell nothing? What do you think about this? What do I, I mean... So I, I imagine like water does have a taste, but I drink the same tap water on a regular basis and it kind of just tastes like nothing. Right. So if you do taste something in your water, is that an impurity or imperfection? Or Well, I think that's why water tastes like nothing, is we've, we've sort of it's the lack of something
1: it's the lack of something bad or good minerals right? minerals maybe. yeah i mean even bottled water has a flavor that's different from distilled water very much so which just tastes like temperature on your tongue hmm. so supposedly I, this is supposed to be an advantage to help you survive in the wild
0: you want to be able to test or taste if your
1: water has bacteria in it or something nasty
0: right yeah that makes a lot of sense survival aspect have you ever smelled nothing did you get affected by the COVID side effect of having no taste or smell? Um, you know, you
1: can't lose your sense of smell if you never had one. So, uh, that's kind of the category I'm in right now. Interesting.
0: I mean, I've definitely met a few people that claim to smell nothing, but maybe their smell is something, but it's perceived differently. I would say in my case, it's severely attenuated, but I could see that. I wonder if there is like a chemical you can take temporarily in order to experience smelling nothing.
1: I believe that is called the covid virus
0: <laughs> here you want to try some covid
1: want a little covid
0: <laughs> i think we're ready for another shot here we've been talking on and on
1: i think it's time
0: <laughs> dubliner honeycomb ah that's so good so yummy tastes like honey in a glass have you ever thought about the power of empty spaces say if you're talking about like visual art where they use negative space or empty space kind of around the subject of a piece. Like in a painting, the negative space might be the background or a space between the objects. So you can kind of use the negative space to kind of create a sense of balance or contrast, maybe a harmony in the work. Is this kind of like feng shua? Feng shua, that's perfect, yes. So like using that empty space enhances the impact of the art and kind of gives it some depth or... Another example would be using empty spaces in music. So, I mean, think if your music had zero empty spaces in it. That would just be constant noise. There'd be no... <laughs>
1: It'd be screamo.
0: Right. So, like, in the silences and the where there's an absence of sound, it kind of creates a sense of anticipation or some tension, uh, maybe some drama, if that's what you're going for. So this would be like in a horror movie, right? Oh, Where, absolutely. like, the music is, like...
1: Intense, 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 and then it gets quiet and then on the yes, on the screen that's, like that's, the
0: character's like horrified <laughs> looking in the dark somewhere with a broken flashlight. Yeah, a horror movie's a perfect example of the use of empty space to yeah, create some drama. But yeah, so using that negative space, I mean it kind of enhances our it can enhance like the appreciation of art, design, even architecture. I mean, designing architecture, you need empty spaces in places to kinda like I said, contrast and depth. But So,
1: like, I guess when I think about, like, very fancy architecture, you think of, uh, you know, like, Greek or Roman buildings or, like, you know, our Capitol building where they've got the pillars there. Right. And then there's, like, an empty space in there. It's not, like, one solid structure. It's these, like, standing pillars to sort of, like, allow people to walk into. Right?
0: Yeah. If you just had a big concrete wall, I mean, that's, I don't want to look at that. That building's not that cool.
1: What about like a green space like a park on the ground of something that's like yeah. an empty
0: space right or like um, what's that park in New York called Central Park Central Park I mean that's you have this bustling city there's a lot of a lot going on there and then you have this big park of just kind of a peaceful respite
1: which arguably is a huge selling point for uh, people who live in New York you can actually go somewhere where there's greenery in right. walking distance
0: yeah and it's I've never been but I hear it's a beautiful park
1: So this goes back to our earlier topic of the absence of something.
0: The absence of buildings and concrete
1: lead to a space of retreat and respite.
0: Yeah, look at Central Park in this big city. I mean, the absence of nothing. I mean, there's trees and grass, but like the absence of the rest of the city, I mean, it adds a lot of beauty. There's a lot to be appreciated there.
1: From a commercial
0: developer's perspective, there's absolutely nothing there in that park. Yeah, if you're a commercial investor, that's just wasted space. (laughs) but i mean without that beautiful little emptiness in the middle i would argue that everything around that is less valuable without that
1: exactly that is it's a
0: great use of nothing what other uses of nothing do you have to create some power (laughs) i i have nothing else my brain has nothing in it do you think there's a golden layout or ratio for the use of nothingness in say design uh well you know that this is it's a whole other topic in and of itself. But yeah,
1: like the, with the golden ratio, there's that idea of, of having a certain ratio with your layout, which is usually like kind of a half of a half of a half. You sort of divide things down. Sure. You can get a Fibonacci spiral out of it. But I mean, in essence, it's trying to say like you need to balance your design of something so that right. you, have, you have more distracting elements or more intense concentrated elements in one area and you have some openness in some other areas. and you break it up at a at a ratio that is pleasing to our eyes.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Where you have to balance having something and balancing that with nothing. I mean, it's uh, so you could say there is a ratio. You're ba- you're balancing that fine line, and uh, I think that might bring us into our fourth shot.
1: I think that sounds like a good way to balance out. <laughs> that's a good balance. Podcast, yeah,
0: I had nothing. Now we have something.
1: All right. Well, this brings us to our fourth topic, uh, talking about optimal cognitive states for brainstorming, which is kind of the whole idea behind this Institute and what we're trying to do here. So we've reached our optimal state of brainstorming and we've done it by silencing some of our brain cells so that we can create more room for new ideas. Or at least that's the theory, which what is brainstorming really? Like we're literally just trying to generate new ideas from nothing is essentially
0: Right, the goal. I think of brainstorming as you get a group of people and everybody just kind of go on a rant and just talk about various things towards uh, whatever general idea you're trying to achieve. So let's say, uh, hey, we need a we need to write an article about apples. Everybody brainstorm things about apples, and you get a few people in a room talking. Hey, apple this, apple that. Hey, I got an apple tree in my backyard, and then you end up with a MacBook, and then. <laughs> Yeah, we brainstormed our way into a MacBook. On
1: a more serious note, um, there's a way to create a sense of silence for your whole body, isn't there? If mm. you wanted to brainstorm deep in
0: your own mind with a float tank, do you know anything about this? Oh, I've done a float tank a couple times now, and that is the ultimate sensory deprivation. I mean, that is perfect. You, so you a float tank... Yeah, tell um, us about it. In my experience, a float tank, you go into this so they'll have uh, salt water to, so your body can float so the idea is you get into the float tank, it's pitch black in there and you're just floating on this water. The water is about 97 degrees or so, they're just trying to aim for your body temperature. Ideally you kind of relax a little bit, it takes a few minutes to get into but then you just kind of hit this point where you're just floating, you feel like you're just in nothing at all. You're just floating in nothingness and your brain starts kind of going into some wild places Maybe uh, whatever deep thoughts you've had for the week, or whatever is on your mind, you'll just really just be sitting there in nothing, thinking about it in at such a deeper level than ever before. Well,
1: and the, that absence of sensory input from being able to see and feel and, and smell your world makes your brain want to like ramp up the internal
0: state, right? Like- right. Yeah. I mean, the less stimulation your body has, I mean, the more it focuses just on your thoughts.
1: And thoughts are good. You, want, you need those thoughts to help generate new ideas, which is what we're brainstorming on right now. <laughs>
0: right, right now, brainstorming new ideas about nothing.
1: Yeah, don't think about anything. Think about nothing. Go. <laughs> Five ideas about nothing now. <laughs> don't think about anything. Just nothing.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I'm panicking. I'm thinking about something. I'm thinking about so many things. Everything but nothing. But nothing. But, but what we've
1: learned today is that you have to have nothing as reference to an absence of something, right? So...
0: Right. Yes. Is it I just thought of, can you actually think about nothing? Can you shut your brain off and think about nothing?
1: Wouldn't that just be sleeping?
0: No, because when you're sleeping your brain is still thinking. You're dreaming. Even if you don't have a cognitive dream, your brain is still kind of dreaming, but it it's not in stuff. your it's not in your consciousness, but your brain is being productive per se. Yeah, it never really goes into a low power state. It's always like
1: still doing activities and Organizing data. It's a good point. I mean, nothing would, I suppose, be like um, those people who like fall in a swimming pool and quote unquote die for a little bit, where their heart stops beating and they drown and they get resuscitated and they're fine and everything. But there's nothing there.
0: Yeah, isn't don't some people that have death experiences where they're pronounced dead for a brief amount of time and then I mean, a lot of people ask, "Did you see the light? What did you see? Did you see a dark tunnel?" or a light at the end of the tunnel, I mean? Or did you see nothing at all? But I mean, I feel like a lot of people have said they just, they die, and they'll just have nothing, a brief period of nothingness, and then all of a sudden they're alive again.
1: Which is a very interesting experience. I have to imagine that's a lot of confusion when you snap back to it, and you go, how did I get out of the pool into this hospital bed? Right, yeah. If you even remember that far back.
0: Yeah, if you go unconscious like that, I feel like... That's the closest your brain definitely is getting to nothing. A state of nothing. A state of nothing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Your brain, it's only focusing on, hey, uh, maybe get some blood flow going. Uh, what do we got going on? Maybe we just need to keep this body safe.
1: I mean, maybe a less intense version of this is boredom, right? You're just sitting like absolutely bored. Your phone has died. Your Your will to live has died. And you're just sitting in the DMV waiting room trying to get your license renewed. I got and, one. You've got one
0: when you go into the bathroom and you go into the bathroom you're gonna be sitting there for a little while and you forget your cell phone and then what do you do nothing You've, it's horrible <laughs> you do nothing
1: i think this is where you read the label on the shampoo right <laughs> yes
0: isopropyl nine tetra four hmm, yes quite the interesting label wow citric acid much health yeah boredom is a good example of nothing
1: but a better question about boredom is, is that your brain's way to try to get you to do something? Something meaningful? Because I mean, I think we've been there where like we're doing something that's been really fun for a while and then we're just suddenly bored by it after, you know, days or weeks of it. And there's just like this impetus to go do something else.
0: Right. Yeah. You have to, it's almost like your brain wants you to just constantly be doing something productive. If you just sit there doing per se nothing, what are you achieving? What are you accomplishing? Well, nothing. Are you moving forward towards your goals? You're moving nothing towards your goals. Exactly. Do something. Get out there. Just do it! <laughs> <laughs> As the memes say. Uh, have you heard about these um, these silent rooms where uh, the acoustics of the room are designed in a way and it's well insulated, so you sit in there. Uh, I think they make it pitch black, but it is so quiet that supposedly you can just hear your heart beating inside of you, which in a float tank, you can also hear your heart beating. You can, I, You can kind of feel it, but... I have. Anacoic chambers. But these are dry rooms where you're sitting in there. It's quiet. And supposedly, if you sit in there long enough, you go insane. But I kind of don't... I don't know if I believe that. I mean, you're just sitting in a quiet room. What could go wrong? I mean,
1: maybe if you were addicted to social media and you needed to be attached to it and that drove you to insanity.
0: Where's my TikTok? (laughs) Where is the TikToks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like there has been a famous YouTuber who has debunked this by going into one of these
0: rooms and coming out alive. Sure, yeah. I think I saw that years ago. I don't remember. But, yeah, you sat in there beyond the supposed amount of time that you go insane and did not go insane. Which I think was like 45 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of time. But maybe that has something to do with just being stuck with your thoughts. Maybe you can't handle that. I would have to
1: imagine that people who can meditate can go into there for eight hours and not have
0: an issue Ooh, is that the optimal medis- meditation room i would think so because there's literally nothing else to do do you think for like a brainstorming if you were gonna go sit down and you're planning on doing nothing but brainstorming do you think would it be better in a say silent room or a library or a coffee shop i mean where would you sit to brainstorm Ooh, good question um i maybe be a little bit biased i like a whiteboard to draw on oh drawing yes
1: yeah but like a coffee shop is good but then that's there's a little bit of confounding there because uh you know a little bit of caffeine gets you motivated gets you thinking gets you some dopamine so gets you distracted yeah it gets you (laughs) distracted that's a problem a library is good too similar environment but no caffeine unless you bring it
0: i gotta imagine uh like people that ride a say a bus or a train to work every day, that train ride might be a good spot to brainstorm some ideas. Maybe you got something you're trying to work on and you're sitting there. Say you have a little bus ride and, or train ride, a trolley, not a trolley. Well, a actually, bus.
1: I actually have something on this. So uh, there was a study done a while back about people who were walking and generating new ideas. Hmm. And it, the study was trying to figure out if actually walking helped you generate new ideas or if it was the changing scenery. And so they had people walk on treadmills and then like do some sort of creative test or people go for a walk in this area where there was trees and there was a walking path and, and things to look at and then do this, this sort of test to assess your ability to solve situations creatively. And what they found is that it's not about the walking, like exercise is good and it helps you do stuff, but it's the actual act of, of seeing different things. Which is maybe to suggest that going for a drive, even, is a
0: way to spark your creativity. Or yeah, change of scenery. It's a cha- literally a change of scenery. Um, yeah, my personal experience being on a treadmill for an extended period of time is miserable and is not thought-provoking. No, I'm, I'm just thinking it. about how much it sucks. Right, whereas like, if you have a hill to look
1: at and a tree and a fence and a rabbit, I mean, it's something.
0: Like, uh, oh, I can't think of any new ideas. Let's jump out of an airplane and skydive. (laughs) That's thought-provoking. Why am I doing this? But yeah, that changes scenery. Yeah, that makes sense. Changes scenery is thought-provoking. Generating something from nothing with new scenery.
1: Speaking of which, let's say you want to generate something somewhat predictably. Okay. Mainly being you want to be productive with nothingness. How would you go about that?
0: Right? I mean, productive productivity is a, a huge topic i mean everybody wants to be more productive in their life
1: yeah how do you get more done
0: or i mean if you're more productive at work you know you maybe you look good maybe you get a raise maybe not hmm how do i try to be more productive sometimes i'll sense or i'll, I'll kind of get the feeling like wow i haven't really done much for a little while here and i'll just kind of kick start myself into something but that's
1: in starting with nothing right like you weren't productive which right. is, is kind of the, the basis of
0: some thought. In a perfect world, you never reach that zero pro- productivity stage, right?
1: Well, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Some of the new research that has come out has suggested that maybe being having some downtime, having some nothing time is actually ideal. And this is kind of the basis behind the idea of deep work. Have you heard of this?
0: I have not heard of deep work.
1: Okay, so deep work comes from the idea that... Uh, If you look at people who have to do really cognitively demanding tasks, right? And that's not just like thinking really hard. That could be something like, oh, some various things they studied here, like people who were like playing in an orchestra, right? Or surgeons or people people. that need
0: to focus on something for as much time as possible, ideally. Like like maybe like a software developer of some sort, or, you know, if you were,
1: I mean, Welder was up in there too, because you've got to stay focused and very literally like not burn yourself so there's kind of an optimal amount of time in a day that you can actually do this sort of task and not fuck it up for back of the weather word so what they have found is between three and five hours a day is about the average maximum that you can hit routinely now you can do more in one day but that causes you to do less the next day and if you look at graphs of people who work lots of overtime what you find is that When you go from that 40 hour a week to let's say that 60 hour a week crunch and then you do 60 again and 60 again and 60 again your productivity drops very quickly what the recommendation was out of all of this literature and studying is that hey look 40 hours is kind of the max that's even kind of like best case scenario like nobody's actually working for eight straight hours a day doing their job quote unquote at best it's three to five like working hard After that, it's filled with stuff like meetings, getting coffee, pretending to work, right? (laughs) But it tells you that that nothing time, that time where you're not actually doing anything, maybe you're BSing with your coworkers, or maybe you're staring off at the wall, watching the paint dry. I don't know. (laughs) That's important because it lets your brain reset and just function properly.
0: Yeah, that kind of reminded me of. The study that's kind of going on in a couple different countries, I don't remember which ones, where they started, a few businesses started doing a four-day work week and found that their productivity is even greater, having three days off and four days of working. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. There's a few companies in the U.S. that started doing it, specifically based on this study. There's even a website out there of people that are just trying to spread the word about four-day work week and how great it is. It's like a movement, per se. Yeah, and I
1: mean, this goes back to that idea that kind of on an average week, you can only do so much cognitive work, and then you burn out, and then you've got to go do something else.
0: I mean, who wouldn't rather work four days a week with more work done than five days where you're just trying to waste time, get through the week? Haven't we all been there? Ah, yes. Well, that looks like a good segue for us today.
1: I think that's all for us today on this episode.
0: I think we talked about some good stuff this week. I think so, too.
1: Yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening to our discussion and our innovative ideas. If you have any crazy ideas or ridiculous theories of your own, don't hesitate to share them with us on social media using the hashtag 4DrinkThinkTank with the numeral 4. As always, we wanted to give a big shout out to our listeners who have always had a unique brand of expertise in humor. And another thank you to our sponsor today, The Void, for giving us a place to stare into and space out and maybe even disappear. And of course, until next time, keep thinking outside the box and drinking inside the glass. Cheers and stay curious. Cheers.